it with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios in Knoxville, it's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Here are your hosts, John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves. Good morning to you. Happy Tuesday, January 23rd. John Reed, Bob Baskerville, Sam Beard. Kicking off your morning. Thanks for joining us. Bob, how are you, my friend? Doing good. Felt a little gimpy last night. Don't know what. It was stomach-related, but got to bed early. Felt pretty good this morning, so moving on. Doing all right. I went and saw one of the worst movies that I had seen in a while. At least at least that I'd watched all the way through that I that I thought might be good going into it. You know, sometimes I'll scroll and I'll I'll purposely find a bad movie or one that you're like, okay, this is gonna be low budget, especially like in the horror realm. You're like, this is probably not gonna be good, but I'll check it out. You'll see that's bad. But I'm I'm gonna ride it out and see what happens. This one, I went to the actual theaters. I was surprised that this movie got a theatrical release. I will note that I was a little alarmed, Bob, that I was the only person in the theater. I was a little alarmed by that. <laughs> it should have been a, a giveaway that the movie was not going to be great. And then when I saw some of the cast, I was like, okay, this isn't looking great. When I realized one of the main protagonists was was the dad from Boy Meets World, that should have been a sign too, because I don't think I've seen him in twenty years. And then I sat there and and I wrote it out, and I was not disappointed with how bad it was. I was not disappointed with how bad it was. So what's the name of this movie? Founders Day. It's a horror like whodunit knockoff scream is what it is. But I like going to the movies. You know, I pay for the Regal Pass, or you can go as many as many times as you want in a month for like twenty bucks. So it's not like I had to pay to go to the movie per se. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Uh, had had a bad evening. I was like, I'm gonna go try to wind down, check this movie out. And I, and I go into movies blind usually. I don't watch the trailer. I don't look at the reviews and stuff before. And uh, sometimes I guess you just strike out like I did last night. So that that was my night. So this was an evening movie, and you were the only one in there. Yeah, about seven fifty. Wow. About seven fifty p.m. I, I thought maybe I thought maybe you did an afternoon or something. But. No. No, an 8 o'clock p.m. showing, which, you know, should be prime time, but I was the only person in there, so. And then, yeah, afterwards I checked the reviews, and I was like, yep, that, that lines up with what I thought. <laughs> the reviews were not kind to it, and I was like, yep, that, that checks out. I uh, re-watched the second episode of uh, True Detective. Okay. Um, and I talked to a buddy of mine who gave me some subtext that to me feels like it's too much work to follow he said there's a lot of linkage between this one and the first season in terms of some of the character names and other stuff yeah i feel like it's eventually going to all kind of overlap i do think we'll eventually get another story with with woody and mcconaughey i do i do kind of hold out hope to that but you know, the third season had a little bit of connection, too. I don't know if you remember that in the newspaper. You know, they showed oh, yeah, yeah. Rust and Marty, and, and, and it was kind of connected and, and mentioned, you know, what happened in season one. So it doesn't surprise me that they're doing the same thing with season three, but I have I still haven't dived into it. I, I watched a little bit of the first episode during our snow break, but then I got sleepy, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to actually rewatch season one. Well, that's why I rewatched the second episode. I, I tried to watch some of it on Sunday night before I went to bed, and I you you've really got to be like dialed in, like mentally to pay attention to it. You yeah. know what I mean? I I sometimes watch TV and I multitask. You know, I'm on my phone, I'm doing other stuff. You can't keep up with this one if you do that. So uh, I watched it again yesterday. Um, I mean, I'm I'll, I'll definitely stick with it. It's it's interesting. It's uh, as usual. It's creepy as hell. You know, they've they've played the whole thing of you know, um, I think we touched on that last week. You know, it's the f- fourth day of night or whatever they call it. You know, it's where it's like almost dark the entire day in Alaska. I think it is dark the entire day for a certain amount of days, and just a lot of creepy stuff. But it's uh, I'm hooked as usual. 
I'll check it out tonight or tomorrow. I guess that is the good thing about Tennessee basketball not having a midweek game right. this week is that you can kind of take a little bit of a sports break and, and catch up on some stuff. Sam, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, start to the uh, to the school year today. Got class uh, really? later this afternoon, yeah. Not, a, oh. not happy for that one. You know, I, I got to get back into the routine of – Going to class and you know doing all those assignments and then doing doing the show in the mornings and so the school is back open. They said the ice is enough and it's good to go. I guess so. Yeah, they they canceled class yesterday. Yesterday was supposed to be the start of it, and then they just they said take take Monday off and then we'll we'll get back to it on Tuesday. Luckily, I only have one class today, so that's good. Are you gonna have to ice skate over there because you still can't get out of your driveway? Yeah, I'll probably Uber there. Honestly, yeah. What time is your class? 12.55, so hopefully it may just be melted. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll drop you off, but I don't think you want to sit on campus <laughs> from, from 11 to 12.55, but I wouldn't on an Uber. I yeah. hate Ubering. I, I'm, it's, a, it's a convenience. I appreciate the 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 option to Uber, but I really hate getting in Ubers. I kind of agree. It, it sucks, and especially for something like that, too. When I'm going to class, you know, I'm going to have yeah. my backpack on. Yeah, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're taking an Uber to class. <laughs> Got a good student over here. So you've been out what? How many? Like five weeks? Oh now? my gosh! Like it's it feels like it's been it feels like I've graduated. It's been so long. Yeah. I mean, I think we got. I think I took my last exam on like the fifteenth of December. So it's been well over a month now. That's uh. That's a nice break. Yeah. That yeah, re-entry will be uh interesting for mm-hmm. you today. Good luck with that. But yeah. you graduate this semester, correct? I do. If yeah. everything goes properly. So. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be done if, after this semester. So kind of just a 3-month sprint here for you, a 3 month. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many hours? Only 12. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's really nothing. Can, it's really, it's really nothing. you can pass four classes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, Smart boy like you. <laughs> Especially if you're going to be awake so early. See, my problem in college is always I couldn't wake up. I was sleeping in. I, I didn't want to do those things. But you'll be up every morning. Yeah. So you'll be on top of things. This might be the best semester you've had in terms of making sure your work is done and everything like that. Before I got lined up with this show, like I had a couple 8 a.m. classes that I had to take. I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up for the 8 a.m.s. <laughs> but now look at you. Now I'm up at, yeah, 5.30 waking up here, get here at 7. I'll be good for any 8 a.m. Maybe some of that Josh Dobbs rubbed off on you yesterday. You're going to yeah. go 4.0 yeah. here at the yeah. end. Finish That's, strong. See, I had a couple listeners push back saying the 4.0 is not real. Really? I had a, I had a couple people push back on it saying they had friends with him in class and saying, like, you know, they, they, they knew him in class and, you know, said he's smart but right. said the – said the 4.0 thing's not real. Some people went as far as saying he took the team GPA down. Wow. wow. Is what some people said. Now, I haven't verified that. I'm just saying, you know, you put up the interviews and you, you get you get feedback from it, and a couple people had laughed about that and said that that's way overblown. I feel like his should his degree should be weighted a little differently sure, being sure, aerospace sure. engineering. You know? Yeah, it is a little unfair to say he brought the GPA <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I you know, I guess that's why – Typically, well, that's typically why football coaches are like, "Hey, we don't want you to do these tough majors. Let's let's make sure you're doing something that's going to keep you eligible and keep the team GPA looking high." But yeah, I did get a couple pushback, for, a little pushback from that from a couple people. Now I'm a little bummed because if we knew that, we could have hit him with some really hard hitting questions like, "Hey, man." It says 4.0. We don't. We don't buy it. Yeah, we elaborate. need to. We, we need a post uh, <laughs> transcript, please. How about that C in your spring junior semester? Yeah. Now again, I'm not saying this. I can't verify. I'm just <laughs> saying there there are reports out there. There are reports out there. So, Sam, if you're striving to be Dobbs, you know, you, you A, you're not a space engineer, but but B, like you know, don't let that overwhelm you. You yeah. don't have to get a perfect 4.0. Not apparently, allegedly, allegedly. Wow, I'll keep that in mind when I get that. Bob looks so disappointed. Over here. I, I'm not like my that, that guy was like such a. He's still smart. He's an icon, and now we've lost it. He's still smart. I mean, we're not we're not taking that away from him. I'm just. I gotta go. I'm out of here. I'm just saying there was a little pushback, a little pushback from uh, some of our younger audience members that that that, that claim to know this firsthand account. I don't know. Well, that's uh that's an interesting one. You never trust uh, social media and Wikipedia and all that stuff. 
you can really craft your own narrative. Although I do, I do kind of applaud that he's just rolled with it. If it isn't true, just like yeah, it's fine. Yeah, four point That's me. He had a moment yesterday. He could have said, "Hey, man, thank you," but you know, actually, I was... well, it's too late now. You let people run with it now. I mean, I'm talking about like back in the day. Like, <laughs> hey guys, I'm just a regular college student like you. No, nope, no, nope, not the way. It they probably would have taken some pressure off of him. It's true. You know, it's true. That dude. I mean, yeah. Well, that's that's another story for another time. It, Again, imagine the pressure. Imagine the pressure he had going into that. What what was the game he was exchanging plays with with O'Connell, like on the sidelines? That was in the first. Game. That was, that was first, Atlanta. That was Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, that was Atlanta. I mean, no, imagine no. being me, losing money on that, and then having to see the press all week about this guy coming off the street, and not knowing the plays. And you, <laughs> that's the last time ever. That's the last time in my life I'll ever trust the Atlanta Falcons. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Never again. Never again will I trust the Atlanta Falcons. Even if Bill Belichick goes there, they're interviewing Mike Vrabel. I don't care. I'm never trusting the Atlanta Falcons again. And it, yeah, did yeah, that get announced? They're interviewing Vrabel. Yeah. Okay. I saw that they are getting him in for a, a scheduled interview. I think either today or tomorrow. That's a that's a whole, and we'll have time today to talk about it. But I'm kind of getting. I'm I'm, I'm a little surprised at this point that. I guess when you have big name coaches, they're kind of taking their time too. But it's like it just feels kind of plotting right now in terms of these big name candidates. I figured there'd be like you know like a grab and go market, you know, where teams were going to offer tons of money to Belichick and Vrabel, and you know, just not seeing it. But maybe that rests with the coaches too. They might be like, no, man, we're evaluating our options. I do appreciate that the Titans seem to have a plan as they were the last team to the market and the first team out with a coach that wasn't, you know, Antonio Pierce just keeping his interim tag or removing his interim tag and keeping his interim job. We'll dive into the Titans coach at some point. But we're talking Tennessee quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs. And uh, when we went off the air, as expected, Tennessee landed a big-time prospect, an in-state kid, George McIntyre, five-star, Brentwood Academy. Sets up Tennessee really nicely for the future. We'll dive into that after the break. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Good morning. They're still working at fire in Rocky Top there in Anderson County. They have the 300 block at South Main Street completely shut down. They've had some help this morning coming in from Campbell County to battle this fire along with uh, other uh, Anderson County fire officials. Again, it's blocked traffic-wise there in the 300 block of South Main Street. As traffic starts to pick up now, Alcoa Highway up by UT Medical Center. If you see attorneys on TV you don't recognize, that's because they're not from around here. UT grad Marco Scarza, he's right here in East Tennessee. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. Back on the program, yesterday, as expected, Tennessee added big-time prospect George McIntyre. Live on a live stream from from Brentwood Academy. I got to say, I was a little, I felt a little creeped out watching the live stream. Felt like I might end up on a list, but that's a different story. The way they had the camera set up, I believe it was Austin, and then I was like, what happened to these dress codes? I was like, we had to be, skirts had to be down to a knee length whenever I was in school. And I was just like, this feels creepy. I got to get out of here. I'm too old to be watching high school announcements anyway. Uh, these are kids running around. But then but then George came out to some Thunderstruck, which I thought was an interesting choice really? from, a, from a 17, 18-year-old prospect. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? My daughter, who's 17, she she likes like some of the older stuff. She loves ACDC. She was a big Stranger Things fan, so she, you know, fell for, you know, Master of Puppets with Metallica. Sure. It's just, it's interesting. I, I'm not, I'm applauding that. I'll, I'll take it. I was a little confused by him walking out to, to Thunderstruck, but then he comes up and, and announces that he's staying at home and puts out a a pretty nice commitment video, too, that, that really hits you in the feels with the, 
pictures of him as a kid and as a Tennessee fan wearing a Tennessee shirt and saying it's not a decision, it's a calling, and you know basically I'm I'm supposed to come to Tennessee and this is my destiny and all that, and it it got people pretty fired up. It felt um, a little, you know, because we've there's been talk of this anyway. Um, we should be so lucky if it bears out, but it's kind of uh, with the family control, and this video proved it to me yesterday too. It's kind of Manning esque, you know. I mean, it's like they everything's everything seems very um, tight and orchestrated with them. That video is fantastic, and they spent some money on it for sure. Yeah, the Manning esque comparison's probably pretty good. Now, of course. I don't know if the family had, you know, anywhere near the playing success uh, as Archie did, yeah. but it does seem like it is a football family, which I did laugh. Imagine being a Vanderbilt fan, which that that phrase is funny in itself, but imagine, you know, your your ex-coach's grandson, a five-star quarterback in your backyard. And you don't even like really have a chance to get him, and he like not only do you not get him, he commits to your you know your biggest your biggest rival, and talks about how it was his destiny. And you're like, wait a second, what happened here? We weren't even a thought. We weren't even a thought. But yeah, the football family, the football DNA, that's what you want in a quarterback. And it does seem like he has it, and it does seem like they had a calculated message to put out yesterday. Yeah, con- but, control of the process, right? But it was a calculated message that that was one that we can all get behind, which is, hey, I'm a Tennessee kid. I'm, I'm staying at home. I'm going to try to get Tennessee back to a championship level. Sam, your thoughts? George McIntyre makes it official yesterday. Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, obviously, you know, you you get another five-star quarterback into the into the pipeline with Heupel, and he's he's obviously been able to, to recruit that position at an extremely high level. I think it's a guy who's got a ton of talent, and, you know, his, his film shows that. I mean, he's got – a really big ability to be able to make plays, I think, outside of the pocket and off-platform throws and really just kind of improvise a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff in the pocket. I think that their team was terrible last year, and he did a pre- pretty decent job of putting up some some solid stats. So I think you get him into this system, kind of ease him into that succession plan that these Tennessee quarterbacks are going into, and I think he'll be, you know, he'll be starting probably by his sophomore year. Yeah, I did see one kind of crazy play that he had a uh, highlights that I'd seen where you know his pocket immediately breaks down and he gets away from two defenders steps up in the pocket and then spins away like mm-hmm. hits the B button to yeah. to spin away and then hits throws a pretty good ball out into uh, up the sideline I guess to a running back that had leaked out or a receiver that was there I don't know but you know threw it on the run and you're like okay yeah you see some of the athleticism there yeah I saw the same one I was like that looks like a guy we just got too. I mean, yeah. with Nico, it's same same feel, man. I, I that, that was exciting. Which, by the way, what the hell happened here? I'm looking at his recruiting profile now, and it was a five star yesterday, right? The Tennessee drop, the classic, turn him into a four star. But every single every single site now has him as a four star. Tennessee drop. I swear every recruit drops in the ranking system after they commit to Tennessee. I mean, Mike Matthews dropped like eight spots after winning like MVP at the Polynesian Bowl, like being the best offensive player there, and he dropped coming out of the updates. Yeah, I mean, like, it was a five-star yesterday, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought he was like consensus number two quarterback in the class. What the hell's happening here? I don't know. I don't want to be somebody crying about the rankings and, well, oh, he dropped us, but what uh, What the hell happened? He was a five-star yesterday. <laughs> On three, four-star. 247, four-star. ESPN, four-star. Rivals, four-star. On three, industry ranking, four-star. Usually On three shows our guys some love, too. But they all have him as third, third, second, second, third best quarterback, at least. Anyways. What's the overall rating? Uh... Overall rating, like the, on the national rating, sixteenth, twentieth, tenth, which two four seven, I think, don't, doesn't give their five stars out until uh, a little bit later. later. Yeah, he's still got a year of high school. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think they wait until maybe the summer, I guess, to mm-hmm. give out that fifth star. Or I, I don't know exactly when. I, I know it's not now because I mean, you'd think the tenth best player in the in the class would be a five star for them. Fortieth on ESPN, which we don't take that seriously. And rivals twenty seventh. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Maybe they got the Tennessee drop, like you said. But I'm still excited about him because, yeah, the tape 
The tape, the one play, uh, the tape, like I'm out here scouring through tape. The one highlight I saw sold me in terms of the pocket presence and kind of overcoming an offensive line that probably didn't do him any favors in a lot of their games this year. I just watched that play again. That's Yeah, it's nice. He's smooth, man. Yeah. He's got a couple throws where he's like moving out to the right and it's just like a line, 40, 50 yards. Like he almost kind of – the ball kind of looks – like a Justin Herbert deep ball kind of when it's when it's coming off and his then, hands. And I just saw one, you know, he throws like over the middle, and it's deep, it, but, I mean, it's like between two defenders. Yeah. I mean, it's it's surgical, man. Mm-hmm. It looks good. All right, I'm in. It bums me out. He's only a four-star, though. <laughs> He's yeah, athlete, I would be really in on him if, uh, <laughs> if he had that fifth star that exactly. he had yesterday. But uh, I'll still – I'll still be excited for this and assume that it's going to change. But Tennessee, you know, now you can feel good. Uh, Sam, I think your your phrase succession plan, yeah, I think that's the uh, the proper way to say it just because y- you feel good now moving forward that Tennessee is not going to find themselves having subpar to average at best quarterback play. It wasn't fun watching Tennessee's offense this year. And uh, it, it excites me that at least for the next four or five years, you should have a dynamic playmaker under center or behind center. Nico, if you want to throw jerk, uh, Jake Merklinger in there, and now George McIntyre. Those are three guys, a good quarterback room. And the timeline makes sense for it to be five-star Nico, I think, passing the torch a couple years down the road to five-star in-state kid George McIntyre. And that that gets you pretty excited. Yeah, buys us what? Like at least maybe a five-year run, if you think about it. Get two years out of Nico. At least four years. At least four, yeah. Two years out of Nico, and then, yeah, maybe two years out of of – out of George, yeah. because he'd be taken over as a sophomore. That's true. I'm just saying, yeah. Max. You know, if you're looking at the the best case scenario of three years and you know top ten pick, three years top ten pick, they, that gives you four years. <clears throat> Ideally, now you know some Tennessee fans might say, "Hey, you know, they, Peyton comes back for his fourth year. Maybe one of those guys will too, and you know, maybe you could buy a year and all that." I, I don't know. I'll, I'll say that when you're recruiting at that level and you're getting those high four and then five stars wherever they rank. Their plan is probably, hey, three years and out. And, yeah. and and for Tennessee, that's that behooves them to successfully do that. I agree with that. You uh, reposted something. I saw it yesterday, too. Our guy Shumpert talked about, which was a really interesting perspective when they talk about the recruiting and uh, the fact that while Tennessee may not be getting some of the, the bigger-name players at other positions, you know, Heupel's approach of, we're going to focus on the quarterback room because that's where it's going to that's where we can win and that's what he's that's what he's doing here clearly i mean it was uh it, that's a differentiator for sure uh, it's kind of like finding where you can where you again where you can win versus areas maybe it's going to be tougher against some of these you know bigger you know or equally big name brand schools yeah tennessee having the quarterback i mean that, that is the most important position it's not as important in college as it is in the NFL, you know, if you get a franchise quarterback in the NFL, you're set up for for a decade, hopefully, and you know, you 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 really, you know, put your whole franchise on that person's back. College isn't that extreme, but if you do have a good young quarterback, you could start attracting some of that top talent, at least, you know, right around their time. And and the hope here, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. You keep up with recruiting closer than I do, but the hope here is that getting George McIntyre in here jump starts the 2025 class and that he is going to be your lead recruiter. And there there actually are some big-time offensive line prospects that are linked to him and some big-time receivers that want to play with him. And that it, it does maybe change what you said, Bob, and what Ryan wrote about the recruiting maybe not being at a championship level. And that this get here maybe gets this next class to be at the championship right. level, it, to get this to be a top three, top four, top five class nationally. Yeah, this feels kind of like the the plan that Josh Heupel has in place. You know, obviously went out and got Nico Iamaliava pretty early, I think, in that cycle as well, and kind of let the, you know, the hype around that kid get, you know, attract some some huge blue chip prospects kind of to your recruiting class. And I think that's 
exactly the plan here with McIntyre, get him committed early, get him basically an entire year to be a, a lead recruiter for this class himself. I mean, you, you've seen it on, on Twitter already. He's, you know, he's kind of, I think he's probably tweeted at seven or six, you know, seven or eight guys that have, that have kind of been linked to Tennessee heavily. And he's going out there and saying, Hey, come to, come to Tennessee. Let's go build something. Well, you saw a lot of guys tweeting him too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I get it from a, a game perspective. I get it from an NIL perspective and raising your status and like, Hey, one of the things you you think you try to sell whenever you are a college prospect is that like, hey look at my social media following give me some money and I can help you know yeah. uh, you know help your company I don't think NIL is actually that we thought it was going to be that but really it's just like hey here's two hundred thousand dollars come play for us and yeah we'll throw you on a couple billboards who cares but like it, you you don't really have to show your value on social media like I thought you were going to have to. But you definitely saw these players want to get in that Tennessee vortex yesterday. You, you did. You saw prospects want to ride their momentum and you know generate their own buzz through this guy, which is important. Is important. But Tennessee, yeah, I mean, you you saw. You know, there's Jalen Matthews. Tweeted him. You need linemen. There were. You know, a couple of other guys, uh, four-star wide receiver Marcus Harris, who talked about how he visited Tennessee on Saturday and talked about how George is his guy, and they talked about teaming up. And you, you go through the list of some other some other guys who have been looking at Tennessee, like David Sanders, a big five-star tackle out of Charlotte. I mean, that, that hopefully could get you started in your class and, and hopefully get you to that what you consider championship level. Not top 12, not top 13 in recruiting because that still puts you in the SEC where you're kind of, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th. But gets you in the 2 or 3 range where then you feel like you're actually closing the gap and passing a couple schools. And that maybe, you know, if you string a couple of those together, maybe you aren't at a big talent disadvantage when you play Georgia or Texas. That's the level that you hope that yesterday gets you to. And Bob, like you said, the quarterback, very important in doing that. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Um, and it's, it, I think it's an easier one for uh, – this fan base is obviously incredibly passionate. They'll get behind any big recruit that's coming in, but it's it's always sexier when it's one of these, you know, skill positions too. I mean, and quarterback's top of the list. So I think it's good. Well, we gave our proper just due. We gave our proper credit to the the big meaty men, you know, yesterday. We did. With, with the five-star offensive tackle transfer. So, I think people get excited about them, too. It, the, the flashy position, I think, does matter more. Like, quarterback is the most important position. But I, I think I think we know that, hey, the linemen need to come, too. And you got one yesterday. And I talked about a five-star offensive lineman, a couple four-star offensive linemen that, that looked at the prospect of playing with George McIntyre and, you know, we're talking about Tennessee yesterday, so I do think you could have both. Yeah. And that's the goal, is this jump starts you having both. Sam, this this upcoming 2025 in-state recruiting class, I've seen people talk about how important it is. Is is it an unusual amount of in-state talent, or or is it just a couple of key pieces are actually considering Tennessee? Like, I, I don't know how many, how many years do you have to go back before Tennessee – had landed the best player in the state of Tennessee? That's a good question. I'm not sure on the state of Tennessee exactly, but I think you are right in terms of some really good players coming out of this 25 class. I mean, you've already got, obviously, McIntyre is the, the top player in the in the state, but then you've also got another very highly rated recruit that, that may end up being a five-star by the end of the cycle in Cameron Sparks, and you know he goes to Baylor in Chattanooga, so that's a guy that you, you'd like to get. And then there's another guy on the – on the offensive line that I've seen a lot of buzz about on recruiting circles and in Chauncey Gooden. And that's kind of a guy that you can get on the interior of your offensive line. Uh, you know, he, he's coming out of Lipscomb. So that's a guy in the mid state that you should be able to grab. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I do think that that was a priority of Josh Heupel when he got hired was kind of bringing that, that in-state recruiting back and, and making sure that you dominate in-state first and then kind of building from there, and I think you've got a great opportunity, obviously, with some some high-level players in the state coming up. How many years had it been since Tennessee landed the best player uh, in states? Apparently just one. Okay. Yeah, with uh, Caleb Herring. He was the – Yeah, On 247, yeah, at least, ranked the uh, the number one player. So, I feel like, you know, in the past, Tennessee had kind of struggled with that, but uh, it does seem like, okay, at least uh, 
at least you got at least you got uh that streak didn't go too far you know <laughs> just just a year so that's good but yeah no it's exciting Tennessee's quarterback room should be set up you should feel confident in the offense and it does seem, Bob, that the uh, the six six mobile quarterback is going to be Josh Heupel's type. It does seem like, like you said, this McIntyre kid looks like Nico. Yeah, I mean, not just physical stature, but just the the game he brings. Right, the you know, he's just at least the the few highlights we've seen. Um, very very mobile. Um, fact that he's playing other sports. What you said, he's considered a high-end basketball player too so that that just tells he's an athlete so that's again another reason to be excited um and 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 there's that that aspect we saw with nico i think we've seen it in just a couple of clips with mcintyre it's that slipperiness that our outgoing quarterback really didn't have you know he could run fast in a straight line but didn't have that improvisational vibe to him, and this this kid looks like he's got it too. We obviously have it in the in the new quarterback uh, in Nico, so it's good setting the table, man. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally everyone agrees you have a quarterback who has some mobility, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the the day of the traditional drop back passer is I don't want to say dead and gone, but it doesn't like when you look at who's left in the NFL. Like, I mean, I guess Brock Purdy, yeah, and Jared Goff, not very <laughs> athletic. Uh, in the AFC, of course, like everyone on the AFC can move around. Mahomes is you know, the best quarterback, and he he's slippery. He he has that athleticism. Allen, Lamar, like you know, the top quarterbacks over there have been awesome. When you're looking at the best quarterbacks in college, I mean, over the last handful of years, has there been a traditional drop back passer that's been at the top? Am I missing someone? Not really. Not that I can think of. It feels like you you have to be able to be almost elite on the run and in the pocket moving around to be an elite college quarterback these days. I used to think, uh, going back a year, I used to think that C.J. Stroud was closer to that until that game against Georgia. Yeah. And then I was like, that, that I had a totally different view of him after that Georgia game. I was like, that that guy, that's who I wanted the Colts to get, but they, they weren't high enough in the in the draft order. But, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, no, C.J. Stroud, he, he did not run in college, and you could say maybe that ends up hurting him in his NFL prospects because, ironically enough, had he moved around a little bit more, he might have been the number one pick at his size, but he didn't really show the athleticism. You know, On the other hand, you had Bryce Young, who looked slippery and looked yep. fast and did all those things and, and, and moved in the pocket more and had to do that, and I, I think that probably helped him go higher in the draft. I bet at least from a from a team alignment perspective, I'm sure CJ is perfectly happy with where he is oh. versus Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I, I, lots I don't know, of money, but I don't know if CJ Stroud is a country music fan. But if he if he is, he should fire up some some Garth Brooks unanswered prayers because yeah, the the unanswered prayer of going number one overall might have saved his career because if you go to if you go to Carolina and you're him and you have those receivers, yeah, maybe look at CJ Stroud completely differently. And, you know, maybe if Bryce Young goes to Houston and gets coached by D'Amico Ryans and has a couple of those explosive receivers, maybe maybe the narrative is completely changed. Or, and this is what makes evaluating quarterbacks so difficult, or maybe it's the exact same and C.J. Stroud goes to Carolina and elevates the Panthers and, and, and Bryce Young's at the Texans and stinks. You'll never know. You'll never know. And, that, and that's the beauty and that's also the bad thing when it comes to trying to talk about prospects and, and quarterbacks and teams is you are situation dependent. Yeah. But the good news in Knoxville is the situation seems appealing to quarterbacks. They, they want to play for your coach. They want to play for Josh Heupel. And do you think that's this residual effect of, of Hinton Hooker? Yeah. Of the offense that Hinton Hooker showed? Like, is this, is that, is that kind of why you got, Nico, is that why you got George McIntyre? Or it's probably at least a part of the reason why. You would think he put Hendon Hooker up on his commitment graphic with Peyton Manning and uh, McIntyre and T. Martin, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Somebody just uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Somebody dropped us a line on X that said because we were talking about McIntyre being a an in-state, you know, getting the number one in-state recruit, but they. He wrote, and I saw this yesterday. It's a good, it's a good catch, though. Did you guys see where 
McIntyre will be the first Tennessee native to take a snap at quarterback since Andy Kelly. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, that's a long time, man. Well, you know, that's an that's a overarching conversation we could have after the break, but you know, the the boom in Nashville maybe going to start paying dividends here because there hasn't been a lot of talented quarterbacks from the state of Tennessee. I mean, like I, I don't know of many Sam, maybe you can find a list and Google a list and come up with one, or, or maybe Bob, you or I can. But like, when you talk about the signal callers from Tennessee, I don't know how many you feel like you've actually missed on. Like, I don't know how many like have actually like been good. Like Chad Pennington comes to mind. I mean, he was really good at Marshall and you know was in the NFL. You know, right here in your backyard in Knoxville. So like, there's one. But outside of that, like, I don't know if there's anybody like, hey, I can't believe you let this kid get out of state. Ty Simpson. <laughs> Ty Simpson, yeah. yeah. I, I, no, so kidding, far, yeah. I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sam, send us to break. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Good morning. Traffic's on the increase out here coming through Sevier County right now on I-40 as you make your way into East Knox County there up by Strawberry Plains Pike. They're still finishing up a fire in Rocky Top this morning there in Anderson County. It's still blocked and shut down in the 300 block of South Main Street. That's going to be closed all day long most likely. Hey, Cubitt's Outlet has two locations stop by. One of them today, North Broadway and North Knoxville. The other Cubitt's Outlet location is on the Parkway in downtown Gatlinburg. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared from cutting edge of... Has anybody came up with any submissions of in-state quarterbacks? Because we are in rarefied air, and you can—you can't even really blame this one on the Nashville boom. Because I mean, George McIntyre, grandfather—you know—coached at Vanderbilt, a Tennessee kid. It's not like he moved here. It's not like he's a, a transplant here, or you know, his family came here for the Nashville, you know, boom. And in, in terms of it becoming a a populous city and all that, like he is a homegrown Tennessee kid. But I can't think of any quarterbacks that you look at and from the state of Tennessee and think, man, Tennessee really missed out on them. The the biggest name I've seen so far that's in kind of current day or current era is C.J. Beathard, and I wouldn't consider him, you know, that's, that's not one you'd be chasing down, quite frankly. C.J. Beathard? Yeah, from uh, Battleground Academy. Okay. He is a guy at least that made the NFL. Yes. Um, God, it, it, the rest are like, I'm seeing like 70s and 80s, you know, as far as eras. It's crazy. Sam submitted Juwan Jennings, but you did get him. Yeah, you got him. You, you did get him. Randall Cobb, not a quarterback, obviously, but, but wanted to be, was coming out of high school. But, yeah, I mean, outside of that, like, you you haven't had anybody that's really a difference maker. C.J. Beathard, whatever. He played at Iowa, right? Like, I mean, yes. he, he was okay. He did make the NFL. He has played a couple games in the NFL. I mean, the, these other names go back to, like, 2012, 13. You know, B.J. Coleman. Never heard of him. Wilson Masu. B.J. Coleman, I mean, he, he was a – I want to say he was a Tennessee guy for a little bit and then transferred to UTC, if I remember correctly. I know he's a UTC guy. He actually at least had – a little bit of NFL time with the Packers. I don't know if it was just preseason only, but I, I remember seeing him in an NFL game. So worth mentioning. Better, Yeah, better than I. I don't recall him at all, man. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, I – it's – oh, you know who it was? Uh, <laughs> but, again, he was not one – there was a bunch of hype around this kid, like – Probably in the last, it's been the last decade. Played severe. He did come to Tennessee. It was Joey Matthews, but I mean, he wasn't 
like chased down by a bunch of schools or anything. I think he might have even come here as a like a walk on. Um, played for the Smoky Bears. But now Tennessee has a guy who legitimately is an NFL prospect. He is an NFL first round prospect. Yep. Like that is something that doesn't happen very often. We are currently, you know, watching Tennessee, the state of Tennessee recruiting, you know, become potentially a factor and help a little bit because this is a guy that, you know, I can't even think of how many quarterbacks Tennessee would have, the state of Tennessee would have had that even would have been an NFL prospect coming out, would have been a high four star, a high five star. Like, I don't know where it ranks in terms of McIntyre being a quarterback prospects out of Tennessee, but I can't imagine there are very many that are higher than him. Last one I'm going to give, and this again was from '97, but the guy did play in the NFL a little bit. It was Kelly Holcomb. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's slim pickings, man. It really is. Chad Pennington was a first round pick, so I want to give him his shout out. He was a first round pick, yep. 18th overall to the New York Jets back in 2000. But again, that's that's kind of the only one you look at and think of. And now you know you have a guy. That's coming in that that could be a first-round guy. Tennessee has a chance to really make some noise there. Like, there's a chance Tennessee has back-to-back, like, top-five picks in the next couple of years. Like, if you're Josh Heupel and you're looking at, you know, we asked if Hidden Hooker had uh, any impact on, you know, this uh, this recruiting of these quarterbacks. And Sam said that he included Hinton Hooker in his commitment video, which to me makes me think that, that George McIntyre did view Hinton Hooker and his success as an important part of why he came to Tennessee, or that he at least respected his game enough to to view him as a Tennessee legend and somebody he wants to emulate. You, you now have a chance of, of having top five guys in the next two drafts if things go well. Like right now, there's a lot of buzz around James Pierce Jr. being the number one defensive player in next year's draft. Like whenever people are starting to get their NFL draft ready for 2025, they're saying James Pierce is the number one projected defender. And then, of course, your quarterback has the tools, has the athleticism, has the arm to be a top five, top ten pick here at Tennessee if Nico plays up to his potential in this offense. Both of those things would be huge, of course, for Tennessee whenever you're starting to to look at Josh Heupel's tenure here. All right, one more. Listener Brad Rose dropped us a line on X saying uh, Marcel Reed, who's at Texas A&M, came from mm. Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville. Yep. Marcel um, Reed? Yeah. Okay. But, he was like a four-star. Yeah, I remember okay. him. I think he committed to Ole Miss originally and then – Yeah. But he's in college he now. and went to A&M, yeah, yeah. So it's another one of those it's that like he, he might be good, but he's another one of those that you might look at and say, hey, we didn't really miss out on anything right. outside. To be honest, because... he might have been in Nico's class. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now maybe he ends up being a stud and, you know, looks at somebody like, hey, you know, you missed out. But it's not, not, not like you were trotting out the quarterbacks of, you know, the late 2000s and 2010s. Of, and meanwhile, this guy was getting outside your back door and you were trying to get him and you, you couldn't lock him down. Tennessee's – Felt good about their quarterback position uh, under Josh Heupel. Yeah, to your point. Yeah, there's there hasn't been many uh, names at that position where we've missed out, right? I mean, well, in state, in state, in state. That's what I'm talking about. Because yeah. like when I whenever I watched George McIntyre's video, I couldn't help but think, man, this is what I should have felt like when Trevor Lawrence had his announcement video <laughs> to commit to Tennessee. Yeah. Because you had the pictures of him, you know, at Tennessee games and him growing up a Tennessee fan, and like there were those ties there. And, you know, a five-star tall prospect. I, I couldn't help but think, huh, th- this is what that was supposed to feel like. <laughs> right. And that's one, obviously, you did miss out on that did go, yeah. you know, close by and win a national championship and become a number one overall pick. Like, that, that is one you look at and say, oh, you really dropped the ball there. And that, that was when you were in hell when it came to the quarterback position. 865-546-8200 if you want to weigh in. On the conversation, 865-546-8200. You laugh, Bob, but it ain't funny. No, I no, I think it's a good take is my point. It's like, uh, you know, and it, what it does is it makes me think back to a time. Whenever I hear those types of stories, I just think back to a time of anybody thinks we're having some bumps in the road right now. God, it could be so much worse. 
Yeah. Yeah. For for as bad as the eight and four felt this year, right. And as boring as the offense felt, it, it did still it, it is still important to take the helicopter view of looking down and and seeing, okay, yeah, this you've you've made it through tougher battles. Now, could I sign up for two or three more years of that? Uh, it would would really weigh on me. But you can ha- you can handle one year of that whenever you're able to salvage it at the end of the the season with a bowl win that that does fix the vibes and does give you hope for the future. And you know, if you think back to how you felt in November and December about your football team, I can't speak for everyone. But speaking for myself and a good portion of the fan base that I talk to, at least, you feel a lot better and a lot more optimistic. You, you come out basically since January 1st and the ball game with Nico. You come out and you are back kind of on that rise that you felt with Hinn and Hooker. And when you were number one in the country, like you are back to feeling as good about your team and about your program really since that moment. We have to hope Heupel looked at things because it feels like maybe he did and was like, okay, never again, you know? Like, he obviously has Nico, and maybe that was like, let's heavy up on, we got to get McIntyre, particularly now Saban's retiring, et cetera. It's like maybe he he looked at this season pragmatically and was like, I can't, as a coach that embraces that system, I cannot do that again. I like to think that, that Heupel was extra motivated, although I feel like the McIntyre stuff's been in the works for a while. I don't think it was a, hey, Joe Milton's not playing good. we got to <laughs> prioritize this kid. I think it was like a, hey, we got a, we got a potential stud yeah. quarterback here. Let's go out and get him. But I do hope that Heupel is motivated to never put out a average offense ever again because that's his baby. And the good news and the theme of hour one is that I think you can have a lot of confidence that at least for the next four or five years, you will have a really good quarterback, which should lead to a really good offense. And that should get you pumped up. Definitely. Definitely. Um, maybe Sam was right about now. I'm This Marcel Reed thing's kind of messing with me. I had never heard of the kid. Okay. And, but he might have been in the in the Nico cycle, and that's why. Well, i got to be honest. I, the recruiting stuff, I, I, I only pay attention to a handful of names, and if they're linked to Tennessee and you know seem to be coming here and seem to be difference makers, I'll pay attention. But otherwise, I, I, I didn't. Didn't ever really see that name. Was he a Tennessee prospect? I mean, was Tennessee like in the mix for him at all? The Marcel Reed. Ah, uh, um, I think maybe, they were. Maybe talking to. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Let me go to his uh, recruiting. A, a solid four star though. A solid four star, but national ranking on on three three twenty eight. So I mean, it's not like he was a a huge prospect. Yeah. We got a call lined up, Sam. We do. We got Dr. Here. Um. Yeah, it said it was basically just him and Old Miss. Okay. So we got Dr. Yeah. All right, let's get Dr. on the phone. What's up, Dr. Hey, hey, good morning, guys. Morning, morning. Hey, good. Y'all sound uh, reinvigorated. You know, being off all last week. Felt good you know, to uh, not die in the snow. Right. Yeah. No doubt, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, quite an event. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure y'all have heard of this one uh, player that his grandparents still live in Tennessee up in, around Kingsport. I believe his his mom and dad grew up in Upper te- Upper East Tennessee, but they moved to Georgia, and that would be one Trevor Lawrence who was told by Butch Jones that I don't believe you're, you know, you're, you know, quite good enough to – Suit up for the big orange. Yeah, no, we mentioned, I said that I think George McIntyre maybe finally healed that wound because that was a miss. That that was the video that you should have had, the Trevor Lawrence. I'm, I'm, I was born a volunteer. I was raised a volunteer, and I'm going to come be a volunteer. You missed out on that moment. Oh, oh. Now, I, I okay, don't remember I mean, I mean, the – uh, reference that. Yeah, yeah no, I, just about two minutes ago, but you were probably dialing in at that moment, but – I do think the uh, my, my recollection of the story with Butch Jones wasn't that he didn't wasn't that he told Trevor Lawrence he wasn't good enough. It was that he texted Trevor Lawrence the same exact text message as he texted another quarterback prospect who was like at the same camp, 
and it was like verbatim, like, you're my guy, you're the one I want. And they were sitting next to each other and just kind of looked and said, this guy's phony and we're not coming to Tennessee. That was the story uh-huh. I heard. Right, okay, yeah, okay. I, I hadn't heard that story. I just knew he he kind of was a, you know, he really followed Peyton. He was a big Peyton Manning fan growing up in Georgia, but I thought his dream was to follow in Peyton's footsteps, but like, you know, I mean, that's water under the bridge, but, like, you know, we could have got Mac McClung in basketball. <laughs> he He's, like, you know, just across the state line up there in Kingsport and Gate City, and I wasn't even really aware. I, I didn't even know how he was, uh, you know, breaking Allen Iverson's Virginia State record out of high school point, point totals, but evidently, he, uh, Rick Barnes gave him the, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, he could have really helped us maybe two couple years ago when they Texas Tech went to the Final Four. But appreciate the phone call, Tr. Yeah, Mac McClung uh, was a three-star prospect. I, I don't necessarily blame Barnes for not kicking the tires on him at the time, and then he hit the transfer portal. And, and, you know, left. And at, at one point, Tennessee was, was, I guess, linked to him. But watching Mac McClung, he never screamed Rick Barnes-type player to me in terms of uh, the effort on the defensive end and the yeah. uh, the sharing the basketball. I was trying to think, what era was did, was Brandon Wright pre-Barnes? Yeah, Brandon Wright, I want to say, was back like 2007, 2008. Like, I, I was, was he not on the national championship Carolina team yes. with Hansborough like in 09? I thought he was, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, he ended up not panning out to be much in the pros, but I mean, that was, that's a different topic altogether if you start talking about some of the basketball misses we've had in state. We've, oh, yeah. Basketball talent, completely different. Yeah. Ba- basketball talent, Tennessee has put some really good players in, and, and Brandon Wright was in the 2007 draft, so I guess he was before. Uh, Hansborough, so he wasn't a part of that national championship so, team in 09. So that was part of, so that was in the Pearl era. It was in the Pearl heyday, too. I mean, yeah. that's when we first got here. Surprising. Eh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, missing out to North Carolina, you, you, yeah. you can't really complain about too much. Like, it's like when a mid-state football prospect wants to go to Ohio State or, or LSU or Alabama. Like, yeah. it, it hurts not being able to keep them in the state, but you, there, there is a pecking order, yeah. right? Yeah, the uh, the water under the bridge. It's not not completely there for me with the Trevor Lawrence stuff. Uh, it still it still hurts. Still hurts. Sure does. Hurts is just right across the road too, like right over the mountain. They wore orange. <laughs> T Higgins didn't make it better. And that we sucked during that time made it much worse. But yeah, that's the story I heard was that that Blitch had sent uh, the same. Same two, the same text message of two prospects who are sitting there looking at their phones together. That's incredible, but so on brand for him. Yeah. I mean, based yeah. on everything we've heard, Jesus. Because I mean, he was he, he was wanting to go to Tennessee, and until then, but no, I, I don't think Butch Jones told him he wasn't good enough. He was the the number one prospect in the country. I, I don't think there's like, hey, you, you're not really a fit for us. Yeah, it was just uh, let it crumble through your fingers. Hour one of the books. We'll kick off hour two with a recap of what you might have missed last night. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? <laughs> 